Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. These first two weeks, we're really talking about, I think, one of the greatest gifts that God gave us. Outside of salvation, the work of redemption itself. I believe that seriously, one of the greatest gifts that God gave us was the gift of giving. The gift of giving. So get out your wallets, and we're going to pass that bucket again. And no, no, no. No, that's not, that's not what this is. We're not trying to get you to give us more money. Um, if I was going to do that, instead I would tell you, pass your wallet to the person next to you and give like you've always wanted to. I would say some lame pastor joke like that. But no, that's, that's not what we are talking about. And last week, we really took a look at how the Bible looks at generosity and giving. And that there's actually some structure to it. That it's not just supposed to be something that we give because something pulls on our heartstrings, so to speak. But that there's some, some intentionality behind it and, and kind of some structure. So this is, this is what we, we touched on last week. As we said, number one, this. First Timothy 5.8 says this. If anyone doesn't provide for his relatives, especially for his immediate family, he's denied the faith and worse than an unbeliever. We said, when it comes to being generous, the first place that we are to be generous is our family. We know, and and the great thing about it, and again, go go back last week, I won't get too much into it, the podcast is online, you can go wherever you get your podcast, get it. But the thing about our families, we know what's going on. We know when somebody's just asked, we've got the inside scoop of, well, actually, this is what they use the money for, they're this and that, and we know. And the next thing is Galatians 6.10 says this. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those belonging to the family of believers. And that is you guys. Like, that's the person on your left, that's the person on your right, in front of you, behind you, that's Tyler walking right down the center. It's all of us. It's every one of us. That's, that's really what it is. And it's not just this body, but it's also the Spanish church around the corner. It's, it's the body of Christ. It's all of us. It says, especially there. So number one, it's our immediate family. Our family, especially our immediate family. And then it grows to our, our church family, our church body. And then from there, it says this, that same verse, Galatians 6.10 says, do good, let us do good to all people. And it really is, it's absolutely everybody. James 1.27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That it really is something that we get to do forever, that we are supposed to look and to find the needy. And um, years ago, like right when we got married, we had, we had two kids. Um, you can buy any car when you have two kids, because it's just, I mean, just I mean, okay, not a, not a two-door pickup, but just about anything, right? Maybe not a sports car, but two kids are easy. And when we got married, uh, we had a Xterra. So five seats, still like a kind of fun car, right? Four-wheel drive, manual, we took it in the dunes, we'd go two-tracking and just like, we had fun. Well, when we had three, the third one was on the way, and it was like, okay, like this isn't going to work that well. 
Now, I did try to like kind of finagle something that might work. I started looking up like how could I add seats to the back of the car and is that legal and like what can I do? And will I, if it's a car seat, those things are like crazy. I bet I could just bolt it to the bottom of the car, right? And like click it in, like maybe I could do that because I really didn't want to go like the, the, the minivan route, right? I'm like, really? Like I'm sure I can like just throw it in the back and, and we're, we're looking at all these things and and. I don't know if you know this, but I'm Dutch, okay? So we're looking at cars, but I don't like spending money, especially on cars. And I'm like, what are we going to get? And what are we going to do? And one of my dad's friends calls up, and he has a leasing company. He's like, hey, I got this, this van that just came off lease. You got to come take a look at it. I'm like, a van? He's like, yeah, it's a minivan. I'm like, oh, I think that might be worse. Like, I'm not sure. Like, which one of those is worse? So I go, and I look at it, and I'm like, a minivan like it's horrible it's horrible it's a it's a if you have one okay like I'm sorry <laughs> that's all I'll say is I'm sorry but it was a Montana a Chevy or a, it's like a Chevy Montana no that's or GMC Montana I think the Chevy's got Uplander that's how much I know about these things I'm so sorry but it was such a good deal like I hated the thing but I'm like it sets everybody and it gets us from A to B and the practical, like, Dutch side of me is like, this solves your problem, and it's cheap. It's a cheap way to solve your problem. So you want to know what I did? I bought it. I bought the crazy thing. And here's what was so funny, though. I had never before seen this Montana van thing. I'd never seen one before. I bought one, and instantly, I started seeing them everywhere. The neighbor had one. There was businesses have them. Why a business would buy a minivan, I don't know. But they do, and they've got their logos on the side of them and stuff. And I'm like, really? And one of them, I remember even seeing it, was Todd Wenzel, and it was like their, their service vehicle. Like, so if your car goes in, they give you this. I'm like, that's not saying much about the brand. Like, really? You shouldn't do that. Someone needs to rethink that as a whole strategy. But anyways, they were everywhere. Everywhere. In fact, they had one at church. And we went to church and we came out of church, and somebody else had one just like ours. In fact, our kids got in the wrong van. I'm like, wait a second. Kids, what are you doing? They're like, where did we get this? I'm like, put it down. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> but I never saw them. And here's what I don't think happened. I don't think we all went out that same week, had a super, super Dutch moment, and all bought these vans. But I wasn't aware of them until I got one. And what I hope is that as you look at what the Bible says about generosity and the strategy and like, here's where we start, that your eyes are open to some needs that maybe have already been there, but you just haven't been aware of. And you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I should just kind of open my eyes and kind of think, or maybe just all of a sudden it will happen. And you're like, oh, yeah, I did notice that in my family there is somebody who's in need, and we could probably solve that problem. We could help them with that. Or here's what we can do with it. Because really, it is so much fun to give. Generosity is, it's a ride. It really is. And I will warn you, it's addictive. It really, really is addictive to, to be generous and to give. And it doesn't matter the amount. Please don't think that I am saying, go sell your house. If God tells you to go sell your house and give it away, do it. Don't not do it. Do it. Absolutely. But there is so much joy in giving, and it's not just monetary. It can be uh, resources, things that we have, all kinds of stuff. It is so much fun to give. And as I was 
praying about this and preparing for this sermon. I'm like, how can I convey how much fun it is in some of the just different ways? And so I actually asked some of the team if they'd be willing to share sometimes that they were either touched by somebody else's generosity or they themselves um, were just moved to be generous and if they'd be willing to share some of those stories. So I've got a few of those that we're going to share this morning. So Tristan, you've been up here once. It's going to be easy. Just come on right back up here. And I've got this microphone right here for you. And would you mind sharing the story that you shared with us earlier? You guys, I, I hope come round two is a little bit better than round one because um, I cried basically the whole time. So get your tissues out. <laughs> um, so um, Chris and I got engaged about 13 years ago. And... Um, as part of the wedding tradition, my mom um, decided to help pay for some of it by buying me a wedding dress. So the backstory to that is um, my mom doesn't generally like to spend money on, on people. So that was a really, really big deal. And um, when I was out shopping, uh, I found a wedding dress that was like $300. It was beautiful. It was satin. It, it was exactly what I wanted. So. Um, she came with me and looked at it, and she was like, absolutely not. That is, that is not the dress you're going to get married in. So um, we went dress shopping, and I found this amazing dress. I, I couldn't even believe that that was the dress I was going to get married in. And um, while you're dress shopping, they want you to accessorize. So um, they're like, you'll, you'll need a veil. And I was like, of course, I'll need a veil. And um, they bring them out, and they're so ridiculously expensive. And again, like I just picked the cheapest one because... That was way more than what I, what I thought of. And she, again, she was like, absolutely not. This, this is not going to look right with your dress. And she ended up picking out this one that had just like this little satin detail on it. And there were crystals all over it. It was amazing. Um, way more than what I expected. And um, I actually liked that a little bit more than the dress. So much that um, when on our wedding day, I wore it all day long. You're normally supposed to like take it off and different pictures. And I was like, nope, I'm, I'm wearing this all day long. Um, so fast forward, we get married, everything's great. And I end up meeting this girl that I work with. And she, um, I'm just talking to her about God. She ends up coming to the Lord, which is amazing. But during this process, she um, was getting married and she had three little kids. And um, every time she would tell me stories, she was always having to kind of pick and choose, you know, what she would do and what she wouldn't do. And the day she came up to me and was telling me about her dress, she was just so excited. And then she was like, you know, but I really wanted to get a veil, but, I'm, you know, we just can't do that. And instantly I heard in my heart, like, you could give her your veil. Um, so I was like, well, I'm going to have to go home and pray about that, God. So <laughs> I went home and, um, of course, I gave it to her and, um, yeah, I gave her my veil and everything loved it. So, yeah. Thank you. I love that it wasn't, it wasn't even a, a financial something, which is when she, she shared that story with me, I said, I love it. It had value to you. It meant a ton to this other person too. But don't just think that being generous is, is dollars, cents, and zeros in a check. But it's just, we're generous with all that God has given us. I love that, how much it meant to Tristan, and yet she's like, N it's going to mean I, I still want to do that. And the joy that she had in that, I absolutely love. Dan, would you come on up here? While he's coming up here, um, this is Dan Kittleson, and we just brought him back because he's actually in with the kiddos right now, and he serves back there with his awesome wife, Tori, and he shared just another great story. I'm like, 
you got to share it with everybody? And he said yes, because some people are like, you're not getting me up on that stage. And some of you, yes, I will. But Dan, please take a few minutes. You're going to have to drag me off. Really? I'm going to have to keep it, yeah, really? if I have trouble, I talk, right. talk too much. So, uh, well, let's see how that goes. No, I was uh, sitting in, in church just like this morning, and uh, the Holy Spirit was talking to my wife and I. We'd just, we'd gotten off course with our tithing, you know, and uh, we weren't really putting God first. It wasn't intentional. You know how life happens. We were super sacrificial. We tithed most of our marriage, and then uh, she she was starting to stay at home, so our income changed, and, and we moved, and all these things happened. And before we knew it, um, God doesn't send you a, a bill with red letters that says he's going to, you know, repossess your house or, or hurt your credit score. So unfortunately, you know, we went carnally and kind of without meaning to, that, that was the thing we weren't making time for in our finances. So we, we prayed, and it was pretty simple for us. We had a pretty nice, he, God really blessed us. We had a pretty big, nice house, and he said, you're sitting on a a lot of money right there if you're wanting to be generous. So we put up our house for sale. The devil fought us every step of the way. It took like over a year. Uh, the deals would fall through one after another. And we did it anyway. It was a lot of work. But uh, after we did that, we got positioned to where God blessed us so we could be a blessing to other people. And uh, there's been a number of things, just little stuff all the time. But one um, that I told Sam about was a family of uh, a kid I went to high school with, and I didn't really even care for him uh, a whole lot, but um, I saw on Facebook, um, but he, t he told me, I went and drove a few hours to go see him. I saw he was having a lot of troubles, and he's like, you probably didn't like me when I was little, uh, you know, did you, Dan? And I'm like, well, mm, you know, I tried not to answer that, but he's like, I had, he told me about his childhood, and it was so terrible, and that's why he acted out in and why I didn't probably find it easy to love him back then. But uh, he was a two-time cancer survivor. His wife has a terminal illness, a very rare autoimmune uh, deficiency, and their three children have it. And everyone in their family that's had this disease has died by the time they're 40. Her brother died on Christmas Day a couple years ago at age 29. And he has a child from a previous marriage that has autism. So the devil has just punched him and punched him and hurt him. So uh, the wife can't really um, work with her condition, and every day on Facebook, they're at a different medical appointment almost every single day. So finances are really tough for them, and they were about to lose their house. And because we made that decision, you know, God, sitting here in church one day, God put it on our heart to, to put him first in our finances, and so we had excess. So I asked my wife, do you know, boy, we could step in, we could catch them up, they're about to lose their house, we could pay, I don't know how many months worth of mortgage, she said, okay, we did it. We had the money. We didn't even have to think about it. It was just such a blessing. And uh, they've been on track ever since. That's been a couple years ago. So, um, and it still feels, anything else I've ever bought, like uh, if I went on a vacation or anything, it never feels as good when you get home, you know, as what it did when you're down in Florida or somewhere nice. But it still feels so good today. It feels just as good today as the day when we blessed them, you know. So, uh, yeah. Love it. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. And there's so much in that story because they sat in a message, God spoke to them, they listened to what the person said, hint, 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 and, and was like, we're going to change. We're going to change what we're doing, and it's not going to happen overnight, but we need to honor God with our finances. And so they did. They put their house for sale. They downsized. You kind of skipped that part in there, but they went from this house, and they went down to this house, which gave them some margin to be able to later, when something came up, to be like, yes, we can step in. Because it's one thing to have the desire to do it, 
But the cost of opportunity is always preparation. And if we're not prepared now, we're not going to be able to step into that opportunity that God has for us. And so some of us, we look and we think, well, I want to be generous, and I want to that. And some of that just starts with saying, okay, God, I'm a steward of all that you've given me, and I need to start acting like it instead of a consumer of everything that I can. And, and, and turning our mindsets and saying, okay, God, I want to take care of my family, but I want to be able to give, and I want to be able to do this. So what do I need to change to be able to do some of that? And I just thought that was an amazing story, an amazing story. Well, we've got more. It's not done. Jeff. Can I get you to come on up here and share with us? Come on. So if you don't know Jeff, Jeff and Sarah are a big part of everything here, and he's security. And the best thing, I, when we talk about security, I said my hope with security is this, that we never, ever need it. But if you ever do, you'll want it. Um, and so he does a great job of that. And Sarah, his wife, takes photos and helps with the online presence and with setup and everything else around here. And he just finds the microphone on his own, but come on over here to the center if you would. Don't know if it's on, though. Yeah, see, I'm aware of people like you. There it is. Yeah, I never use one of these things. In fact, I don't do public speaking at all. So when he asked me to speak, I was like, I asked my wife, I said, would you, would you mind handling this? And she was like, no, no, no. It's, it's our testimony, honey, and you're going to share it. So here you go. Um, so several years ago, uh, we owned a house um, that had an addition put on by the previous homeowner. And it was literally a homeowner special in the sense where it was separating from the house. I mean, the concrete was all kinds of funkiness. And, and uh, we had been scraping money together to actually pay to get this thing fixed. And it was a substantial amount. And we were just getting ready to pull the trigger to start calling some contractors. And God put it on my heart to give that money away. And I started rebuking it. And I'm like, devil, get out of me. Like, this is, this is not happening. And so I sat down with Sarah and I. We, uh, we sat down at the kitchen table and we started praying about it. We said, okay, God. If you want me to give it away, where is it going, and, and how much of it am I giving away? Just part of it, you know, just, you know give me, just let me save some of it. Well, we sat down at the kitchen table, and we were praying, and God gave me a number, and they, Sarah got a vision of a person with their hands open wide, praying out to God, saying, please help me. I'm in this situation. Please help me. And so I talked to Sarah. She talked to me. I told her the number. She told me the person. We had no idea what that really meant, so we wrote out a check. We called that person over to our house. They sat down, they opened up the envelope, and they just started bawling. And that person was saying, I was actually praying for somebody else who was in financial distress so much that that person was actually looking at potential jail time. And we looked past all of that. We said, here's the blessing. Here you go take care of that person. And in a very short amount of time, our addition was actually able to be fixed. Um, some contractors came through, some pro bono work, um, extra funds came in the mail that we had no idea was coming. And even when the addition was fixed, our bank account continued to keep filling up and all that money came back in there, I mean, in a very, very short amount of time. And that person uh, that had their hands up um, is just, her faith walk is that much stronger and the person that they gave the money to had turned their life around completely as well too. So. Just, it just, the blessings just kept coming uh, just in every avenue, so. Awesome. Thank you. I love it because they were just a cog. Like, it's so, they did so much. And if you've ever scraped something together, you're like, okay, we're working towards something, and then, and then God's like, you need to give it away? And you're like, wait a second. 
Somebody else could really give that away, couldn't they? Couldn't somebody else do this? Um, but that they stepped up and did it, and then that person was like, actually, this is who really needs it. I love, love that story. There's a whole bunch of selflessness in there. And as a result, it spoke to everybody in the process, and everything still got taken care of. And sometimes we look, and we can look at something, and we can say, somebody with money needs to solve this problem. That's what needs to happen here. And whenever I think that, I'm reminded of Elijah. And Elijah's sitting at a stream. He's actually being, there's a whole famine throughout the entire land. And he's being fed by birds bringing him food. And he drinks out of a river. And this whole drought is at his command. Ahab the king's just a horrible man. And until Elijah had told him, he said, it's not going to rain again until I say so. Because you serve a, a statue. Well, the stream dries up because there was no rain. And Elijah's like, okay, what am I going to do now? And the word of the Lord comes to Elijah and says, go to Zarephath, for I have commanded a widow there to take care of you. So he goes over there. Now, if God tells me I've commanded a widow to take care of you, I'm thinking, okay, there's some rich widow going to take care of me. This is going to be great. I think that's what most of us would think. If God told you that financial thing, you're, you know, your provision that you need, don't worry, a widow's going to take care of you. I think most of us would think, rich widow. I don't think many of us would be like, oh, I bet she has absolutely nothing, and I'm going to have to be like, hi, I'm here, take care of me too. But what happened is, is Elijah goes to Zarephath, sees the widow, and says, hey, Will you make me some bread and bring me some water? And she looks at him and says, as surely as the Lord your God lives, all I have is a little oil and a little bread. I'm going to make some cakes for my kids and I, and then we're going to die. That's what she says. So obviously, Elijah does what we would do. We say, wrong widow, sorry, go home. <laughs> and we go over to the next one. No, that's not at all what he did. He did something completely different. He did something that I think many of us would not dare to do. You would not dare to do this unless you understood the ramifications for her. But he said this. He said, don't be afraid. Go home. Make that meal. And if there's any leftover, give it to me. I'm sorry, that's not what he said. He said this. Go home, make that meal, but make me a cake first. If you were sitting there, right, if you happened to be over there, if, it, if that happened today, somebody would be like videotaping this, being like, look what this pastor just did. Look what this guy's over here. Make me something first, asking the poor person for their, like, look what's happening. We'd be videoing that, be like, yeah, I'm posting this jungle, what this guy's doing. He's so, you know we would. That's exactly what would have happened. Like, he just told this person, he said, I'm going to go home, eat, and die. Well, bring me something first. The church just wants my money, hashtag boom. <laughs> told ya. That's exactly what we would do. Exactly. But he does it. He does it. And what happens is amazing. She goes home and she makes him a cake first. And as a result of her honoring God 
and putting God first because there's only one place that God wants in your life. He only fits first. You can try to put him in another spot. You can try to put him in another slot, but he doesn't fit. He only fits in first. But because she put him first, the Bible says that her jar of flour and that little bit of oil did not run out. It didn't run out. Don't think this is a problem for somebody else with money. If God puts something on your heart, I encourage you to do it. Whether it's something as small as, as, maybe it's something that you already have and that you wouldn't even miss. Or maybe it's something that you've been scrounging for and, and just saving for and working towards and God lays something on your heart, then don't be afraid. Let me just say the same thing that Elijah did. I'll say it to you. Don't be afraid. But honor God with it and watch what he does. If he lays a couple down the street or a newlywed here or somebody who's hurting here, or you look and you say, I really feel that this is what I'm supposed to be doing with this. If you're married, ask your spouse, okay? You guys need to be in unity on that. Where there is unity, there the Lord commands his blessing. So if you're married, get on the same page with it and go and say, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm gonna be generous. And so often, small things mean so much, so much to the people that receive them. Don't ever think that what you're giving is not significant or that God can't use it in a really big way. Babe, will you come up here? There's been a few times that we've had some people do some what would seem like small things, but that meant a ton to us. So I asked Beck to come up here and share those with you. I'll let you do that. Okay, and then even as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking of more. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, I'm going to give one that, that I did, and then the other ones are all going to be somebody else. Um, I went in to grab donuts for my kids. I was at Sprinkles. And as I was paying for the donuts, a mom and her three kids walk in. And so I just felt the Holy Spirit say, pay for four donuts. You know, and I'm thinking, oh, she's a mom. She probably doesn't want one. Anyhow, I buy the four donuts, but then I try to sneak out, right? Um, Well, she catches me on the way out, and she knocks on my window, and she's in tears, and she says, well, thank you. You you bought me a donut. And I said, well, yeah, I bought you all donuts. And she said, you know, today's my 40th birthday, and just this morning I asked God if anybody sees me. And so, you know, we don't always get, we don't always get the reaction, you know, Um, but it's so important to follow those little promptings because if I get that one little reaction for a donut, think of all the things that you've given or all the, the, the ways that you've cared for people that you're going to get that reaction when you get to heaven. I just think it's beautiful. Anyhow, when Samuel and I stepped down from the position that we had um, at, at Res, we, money was pretty tight and we were trying to decide what we were going to do and he was getting his construction business kind of up and going while we waited to see where God was calling us to. And um, that meant that in that season, I did a lot of gardening. My garden could not fail in that season. I could not fail at sowing in that season. But we did not buy any fruit because my garden was so prolific. And I love fruit. So one day, I went to the grocery store. And, um, and I went in with the girls. And I said to Samuel before I went in, you know what? I'm going to buy some fruit. I'm going to get some apples. He said, okay, that's fine. I mean, we had enough money to, to do that. So it would be fine. But I went in, and the apples weren't on sale yet. So the girl said, well, what about grapes? I said, we'll get grapes at Costco. And they said, what about bananas? I said, we'll get bananas at Costco. And they said, what about melons? I'm like, we'll have melons in the garden in a little bit. I had not bought any fruit for six weeks. So went to, went to Meyer, melons, grapes, apples, bananas. The next morning, I get a knock on my door. 
I don't often have people deliver groceries. I didn't call anybody up after I went to Meijer and say, hey, guess what I didn't buy at Meijer? Somebody walks in, one of my friends walks in and says, I have groceries for you. And she has what? Apples, grapes, melons, and what was the last one? Bananas. And I just thought, I said to Samuel, I said, I had the 20 bucks. I had the 20 bucks. I could, I could have bought that, you know. She didn't, she didn't buy the most expensive things in the store and drop it off. But it was such a picture of God's faithfulness. Um, two other things. We love beets in my family. I know some of you, that probably makes you cringe. But I pickle beets every single spring and every single fall because my kids love them and I love them. Anyhow, my prolific garden was happening. The only thing the deer got in the spring was my beets. And then I, I planted them again in the fall. And the only thing the deer got in the fall was the beets. And so I have a, a couple that I usually glean tomatoes from every year. Every single year for our entire marriage, they've called and said, hey, the tomatoes are ready. Come and glean the tomatoes. And so I do sauce. But my garden had been so prolific that I had plenty of sauce. So I get a call from Chris. And I answer the phone. I'm like, hi, Chris. I'm like, actually, you know what? I, we don't need any tomatoes this year. But I was so excited to get to say hi. And she says, well, we don't have any tomatoes. But we have a ton of beets. And I put down the phone. And my kids are like, she has beets. We got 50 pounds of, of beets. So we were still able, able to pickle them. I know some of you seriously are grossed out. but And the last one is it was December and Molly, it was going to be Molly's birthday at Valentine's Day, but it was December and Molly said, Mom, I really want some strawberry shortcake. And, you know, being practical, I said, well, hon, we're not going to do strawberry shortcake. I mean, Strawberries are ridiculously expensive right now, and they don't even taste good. They're not in season. There's a reason why strawberry shortcake happens in June. Um, we're just not. We're just not going to do it. Um, and she says, "But I really, really want some." No, I'll make it for you in two months. So that night we were having a couple over for dinner, and the couple comes over, and they weren't supposed to bring anything. And she turns around and she gives me this big old bowl, and in the bowl is strawberry shortcake, and she says. I don't know, my mom told me I'm supposed to bring this to you. Now, I had not been on Instagram or Facebook for even a year. I mean, I didn't even have an account. I had not spoken to her mom. I had not seen her mom for, for two years. There was no way for her to know that. And Molly just grabs the strawberry shortcake and walks over to the counter, and she goes, see, God knew I wanted it. <laughs> Anyhow, so I guess in that, you know, my thing is don't be afraid of how small it is. If God calls you to give two cents to somebody, you have no clue why and how powerful that would be. Yeah. Thank you so much, love. And I love that in every one of those stories, somebody was on the giving side and somebody was on the receiving side. And God used somebody to meet a need. God is with us. He hears when you pray. And when you pray, he hears you. And you could be the answer to somebody else's prayers. But he really does. He hears us when we pray. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. The Bible says you don't have because you don't ask. And I think some of us are afraid to ask. I'd say, don't, don't be afraid to ask. Um, our kids get after something, and I'm like, I don't think we can do that. You can take it up with God, but, uh, and they do. They take it up with God. Um, but I love, and I don't ever want them to forget the where, where God came through and, and, and 
brought strawberry shortcake. Because so often we think, well, is, is, is my something a big enough deal? Is, is, is what I'm feeling even that important compared to something that's over here? What's happening over there? And here's the deal. The Bible says that God cares about you so much. He knows the number. He has your hairs numbered is the literal translation. Not just the number of hairs you have on, the head, on your head, which would blow you away. Well, most of you, Jason, maybe not quite so much. But, but here's the deal. He says this. He says, I have them numbered. So take one out. He knows what number one that was. That's how much. He, he knows you, and he cares about you. And we can all be used by God. And generosity is fun. It's fun to be on the receiving side. It's more fun, I do believe, to be on the giving side. And we could be in here all day. I know of other stories that are in here right now of people who are like, you know, I got to fill this person's gas tank. And they go over and they fill somebody's gas tank. And the person's like, why? And they're like, well, because I just feel God's telling me to do it. Have a great day. And they're doing things and they're bringing God's glory. And they're like, I don't know why. I just, I've never done it before. I know there's other people in here who have paid mortgages and helped out and suddenly sacrificed and said, we're going to give this away and we're going to do this over here to be able to do it. I love it. But whether you're new to just a, life, a crazy life of generosity or this is like your first little bit of, okay, maybe that's something that I could do. It is a riot. It is fun. You never know what's going to happen. You're just like, well, okay, we'll see. We will see. And I would love to hear some stories. If you were here last week, as we closed out last week, we said, ask God. Ask God for an amount that he would have you to give away this next week. And so we'd love to hear some of those stories. So afterwards, please come and talk to me. Please come and talk to Jason. Talk, talk to Gregory, Becky. Uh, Becky, don't know where that came from. I did, my first girlfriend ever was Becky, but anyways, you're Becca. Oh, my goodness. You can talk to Becca. Oh, my goodness. Not your, yeah, your sister, Todd. But anyways, yeah, James, talk with any of us. Um, we'd love to hear those stories, not of your first girlfriends, okay? But we'd love to hear, pay attention here, people. We'd love to hear the stories of, of generosity, of what God asked to do, how you were faithful, the impact that it maybe had on you or somebody else. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.